1: It's WrestleMania 3 time! <laughs> it is indeed! Hey, did
2: you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I spent uh, three hours this afternoon drinking it all in, it's, Mark. It's
1: quite a long event.
2: It's quite an undertaking, isn't it? it yeah. I mean, I've been on a few podcasts now, and it yeah. turns out this is a lot more work. It, but fun work at that.
1: It's one of those rare podcasts where the thing we're talking about is longer than the podcast <laughs> yeah exactly. that doesn't happen very often yeah that is strange isn't it yeah. very very strange it's it, it's for years it was the best wrestlemania yes and then like wrestlemania 17 comes along and everyone's like oh that's the best wrestlemania
2: well it took a, another
1: 14 uh, years you, honestly honestly <laughs> i i would say four through 12 12 mm. <sighs> Slog. Oh, is it ever? Is it ever? <laughs> There's a couple of bits where it peaks, and you go, "Oh, that's a good one." Okay, but uh, yeah, this is this is top to bottom. It's a pretty good WrestleMania. From two to three, it is you know light and shade. Absolutely, light and, and, and day. Uh, uh, the other thing to talk about, of course, is this is the not only the most popular WrestleMania in terms of attendance. Mm. A, a, up till I think they beat it in the twenties, the late twenties, when right, they started okay. doing stadiums, yes. outdoor places. Mm. This one is 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 the the actual attendance record is the highest, 93,173. Mm. And for many, many years, that was the world indoor sports attendance record yes. in America. There's always been talk that they slightly inflated that number. But more recently, people are saying, no, actually, they, they didn't. This was all, you, you can see it well, in you the photos. Can see, you can't see much space in, no. the, in the actual like, stadium itself. And it's a heck of a stadium. And there are some photos like taken mm-hmm. right from the very, very top that show... I mean, the ring is is like the size of your fingernail. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're getting out of that, if that, you're right at the back. Well, and, and I mean, I guess, where else are you going to see that? Yeah, <laughs> but, but, you know, what happens when the midgets come on? You know, <laughs> That's even further away, isn't some it? Some flies further in the distance away. are banging into each other. Um, so it, it's always had this thing, there's a, a bit in the uh, WrestleMania, the official insider story, mm. which is a WWE book, it's not 100% accurate, but they say um, it, it, they... There was an event that happened before this a few months where the Pope came to the Pontiac Silverdome and he managed to get 88,000 in there. <laughs> so that's uh, 6,000 less, 5,000 less. Uh, they say to him, they, in fairness to the Pope, they probably had to put in kneelers, they do take up a lot of space. <laughs> but they add, nevertheless... We outsold the Pope. <laughs> we're really proud of that. So that was the—that's the official line. We outsold the Pope. Absolutely. When the I, I, Beatles said that, they were pilloried. Absolutely. Bigger than Jesus. And when Vincent Mann said it, no one listened <laughs> because wrestling is ignored and vilified.
2: <laughs> but the Pontiac Silverdome—I uh, remember that from uh, World Cup '94. Uh-huh. It was one of the group stage uh, places to play a bit of football, and um, much like many of the wrestlers' knees, mm-hmm. uh, it's now ruined. Or, uh, it's certainly been knocked down. But the roof <laughs> collapsed in 2013 during a, a snowstorm. You and they, showed and me they, that. And they just went... Yeah, let's just get rid. Like they couldn't be asked to tidy up all of the stuff. So it was a roof. It was like a canvas roof that was held up by air
1: mm. until it wasn't held up by air, rather spectacularly. Uh, they slightly oddly kind of go. It's an indoor record. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a pretty loose definition of indoor. <laughs> Some canvas. Yeah, oh, if, yeah if I'm wearing a hat, it. I'm not
2: in a cave, am I? Yeah, exactly. I'm not in a linen cave. But, uh, exactly. But the the, the, the um, part of the um, world where it is, uh, it does get twenty feet of snow in the winter, so is it did it collapse. Really? Uh, It collapsed in uh, 2013 during a storm. It it was just in bits. The roof's just all scattered around, and they just went... They just didn't bother tidying up. They just went, you know what, let's just leave it.
1: Let's just leave it. There there is a funny thing about, like, you, you, you get a bit of a knowledge of American stadiums and venues (coughs) and watching wrestling. Some are really famous. Madison Square Garden, obviously, is still there. But all of the rest of them, they can have these 20-year histories as Mm. being the home of like, the Sportatorium in Dallas, Mm. uh, the the San Francisco (laughs) Cow Palace. They all have this (laughs) thing where you go, oh, you know, it's the home of wrestling for the last 40 years. And then someone goes, yeah, we're knocking it down now (laughs) and we're going to put some shops there. And everyone goes, that's fine. (laughs) We wouldn't be back. No sentimentality. None at all.
2: (laughs) Has the WWE or the WWF ever had a, uh they're on um,
1: buildings? No, no, they, they've got offices in Stamford, Connecticut. Right. And they've often talked about having a, a physical Hall of Fame, mm, okay. and that would be probably in Like a museum sort of thing? Yeah, right, th- okay. they've, they've actually tried over the years, they've done things like WWF, F, as it was then, WWF New York, which was a mm. restaurant, and the idea was they'd have merchandise in there and you could come and see it and it would be a bit of a museum. Yeah,
2: like the Hard Rock Cafe uh, or, yeah. or like... Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it lasted a couple of years. The Model Cafe
1: in yeah. London. There's there's a fantastic one in Vegas that was there for a short while, which was the WCW Nitro Cafe, right. and that was, I mean, just, you know, it's an amazing thing when they try and do a menu full of sort of wrestling puns, yeah, right, and yeah, it's been yeah. done by someone who has literally never seen wrestling in their life, <laughs> so it will be along the lines of the Dropkick Hamburger. Yeah. Oh, this is pathetic. The turnbuckle stick. Yeah, the, but, yeah. <laughs> the turnbuckle chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, you're not working hard enough. But the,
2: um, we went to, um, in Japan, uh, mm. a wrestling wrestling Corican film. Hall. Uh, oh, no, the uh the Oh, uh, Ribera the Ribera Steakhouse.
1: The Ribera Steakhouse. The Ribera Steakhouse. <clears throat> it is quite funny in wrestling <clears throat> because it is this sort of carny and it's churny and you mm. don't really get people who have been fans for a long time. Then these places all disappear mm. but the robera steakhouse it was a steakhouse in tokyo that was one of the few steakhouses there in the 70s yeah. and it was one of the few places where the americans could get food that they recognized and that would be high protein and stuff like that mm. and so that has become one of the sort of you know pilgrimage sites one of the meccas of professional wrestling we've been there i was so excited to go there <laughs> the best thing they do there is if you are a big name wrestler They have these satin jackets that aren't for sale to the general public. Mm. But if you're a big wrestler, they will give you one of these uh, Ribera Steakhouse jackets. You see them on eBay every now and then. Oh, do you? Yeah, wrestlers don't have pension plans. (laughs) (laughs) You can can buy them along with the Hall of Fame rings. 50 quid, not even that expensive. They are really expensive. Oh, they're really expensive. They go for about 300, 400 pounds. But, I mean, still, I mean, that's a I piece know. of history that you don't deserve. I, I know, but where would Stolen you wear Balor. it? Stolen where would Balor? you wear it? In the bedroom. In <laughs> the bloody bedroom. I, it would give me static electricity. <laughs> that is the was, last thing anyone needs. But it was
2: sort of fascinating going there because, I mean, it was great going there with you because mm. um, I don't know, again, as you're going to learn, I don't know anything about wrestling. But um, you could point to all of the naughty wrestlers and oh, the good wrestlers. absolutely. And wrestlers are really good. And, and just going, visiting the toilet, the toilets that presumably Under the Giant visited yeah. and all. Yeah. These massive, gigantic I was, men. I, I was interviewing De Batista uh, at, at one point in the last few months,
1: and yeah. he was very pleased that I knew that you, where that you was. You do and... forget how big wrestlers are. Yes. Is the other thing. I, I, was, I was at um, a Rev Pro event uh, mm. the other day, and I bumped into. There's a, a wrestler called um, Ishii, who right. is a Japanese guy, and he's a sort of. Uh, he, he's very, very good. Weirdly, when he's in Europe, he always has sensational off the charts matches. Mm. Um, but he walked past me, and he's. I'm six one, mm. and he is a bit shorter than I am, but he is... I mean, he must oh, be world. three <laughs> times the width. And he looks like he's made out of stone. Yeah. Now, I, I was thinking about the toilet in the Ribera Steakhouse, which is a traditional Japanese toilet, mm. which is essentially you've got those two sort of footplates on mm. the side of a hole. And I was thinking, actually... Andre the Giant must have gone. Well, this is a relief. Yeah, well, th- th- that's probably built for him. Yeah. There's just a bit more room to sort of manoeuvre. I, I don't have to sit down. I don't have to worry about where my knees are. <laughs> it's not like it's close to a... He couldn't do a pub toilet. He couldn't do any other Japanese toilet. imagine being a golden guy. Good God. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I slightly wonder about, like, you know, especially, like, when he was travelling in the 70s. Mm. I mean, aeroplanes, they just had, like, car seats. <laughs> well, and they all talk about, oh, he had to have two and everything. But that's not because that's it's not like, oh, this is comfy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the bare minimum. How much is the ticket? It. Oh, it's three thousand dollars. Put him in the hold. Put, <laughs> put him in the hold with the other animals. <laughs> uh,
2: so yes, uh, back to the Pontiac Silverdome and uh, mm. WrestleMania three. As I said night and day I mean I couldn't believe how colourful everything was yeah it was so much more vibrant than the last uh, serving I'm going to call it they had
1: a thing where they didn't want to do it in an outdoors stadium because Vince Mm. McMahon who has these sort of funny ideas about what makes good and bad wrestling he says that you don't ever want to see wrestling in the sunlight yes he says it doesn't work right also a very a thing they used to do in like world class in Texas and things like that Mm. their bigger stadium shows would always be in sunshine there is a noticeable thing in this that the darker it gets as it goes on, the more exciting it becomes. Yeah,
2: because the the the, the um, roof actually let in, you know, diffused yeah. light effectively. Yeah. So you could tell when it was getting darker and, and darker. And it gets
1: dark just as they go into the Randy Savage Ricky yes. Steamboat. And funnily enough, even though that is a great match, <laughs> it's made so much better by the fact that you've suddenly got that thing where it's switched from day to night and it mm. finally seems like now this is the serious thing, this is what you've come for, all the camera flashes going off it makes it look like a big event. Yeah. When it's happening in the sunshine, it is a bit weird, it looks a bit like ridiculous. Yeah. There's something sort of, it's a bit like going to a matinee in an open air (laughs) theatre. You're sort of going, well I'm not going to obviously see any good actors (laughs) I'm going to see some actors. (laughs) Um, It's um, a couple of things I love about this is is to make sure that it was filled, because it's almost 100,000 people, Mm. they decided they wouldn't allow any of the pay-per-view carriers... To put WrestleMania 3 mm. on their services. In, was it Michigan? The also, whole of Michigan, it, the yeah. The whole of
2: Michigan didn't allow them to, so which if, is incredible. If you really.
1: wanted to see it, you had to go and see mm. it. Now, there's a really funny thing. This is also the birth of pay-per-view. This is the time where they do such good numbers on pay-per-view, a relatively new uh, technology. Even, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and wrestling was really fundamental in pay-per-view success. Right. We think of it as, as sort of a thing that, you know, comes along with boxing. Mm. And then later, obviously, Sky begin changing the model with uh, football. Mm. But this is the moment where people suddenly went oh pay-per-view can work for sporting events what's incredible about it is the low figures so they made 10 million dollars through pay-per-view and they were like this is thrilling that doesn't seem like a great deal of money especially when you compare it to the tickets but this is the moment where wrestling goes from being a thing that you buy tickets for to a thing that you order on pay-per-view and they realize that's where the money now lies so in a weird way not having like a huge audience like this again is because they were so successful with this Mm. one
2: well, can you imagine if you're a dad and you're getting um, bothered by your kids? You got to do the pay per view. What what is a pay per view? Like, yeah. what am I giving ten pounds to? Yeah. Like, what is that? It, how do I do it? Uh,
1: uh, you, you wouldn't know. I think you actually in the old days <laughs> right you, had to, you had to ring. Yeah, I guess you would have. Yeah. Your your cable your pay per view provider, and you'd Turn say, "I would like this," and they'd go, "Oh, it'll be there," and then you hang up and you go. Have I just been ripped off? <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, it's going to arrive Saturday
2: night at 10 p.m. Is it?
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm having this. If you if you don't have your TV on when it comes on, you will you won't get any of it. You will experience a data blast that will destroy your set. <laughs> and we but will believe we... for that. We will believe for it. That's how they made the money. Um, I, the other thing about having it in such a huge arena is they have to use motorised carts to get the wrestlers. Yes. Ring. Well, when I first saw that, mm. they were like little mini rings. In like they had little ropes,
2: like yeah. a little mini ring a kind of you know a nod to the you know a wrestling motif yeah. but what I liked about it was the first time I sat I thought that's for Andre, isn't it? That's for it Andre. really is. That's for Andre really to get him to, the,
1: get him to the plate. If I could have one thing from <laughs> wrestling history in my house, <laughs> it would be one of those. <laughs> and I'd use it around my local neighbourhood. Just Hello. going around waving. It'd be but it would be like,
2: magic. It's like a, um, you know those cherry pickers? But mm. when they're sat on the floor, yeah, when they're completely non-extended, it's like, kind of looked a little bit
1: like that. They should have done it on a cherry picker so that then they were really high up. <laughs> yeah. And then they could have just swooped it down and dumped them in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been thrilling I think also Andre would have been happier with that because so. <laughs> there were no stairs involved no exactly poor poor, poor Andre it's a just a weird bit of trivia uh, th- this is also the first Wrestlemania where you begin getting people who would then go on to become wrestlers attending so what's wrestlers attending like, uh, as, in, uh, as in as in people who would later become wrestlers were in attendance in the audience
2: oh as is fans. that right oh, ok
1: there's a really funny uh. thing with Wrestlemania where it doesn't pick up until you get the generation who have grown up with WrestleMania and mm. they're excited to be on one. Yeah. At this, I mean, for these guys, it's just another End of night. The job, yeah. This one happens to be a big one, so you get a big payoff. But you begin getting those things where in 15 years' time, you're getting the people who went to Wrestlemania Mm. who are now doing a Wrestlemania and they're so excited to be there that they're putting on great shows I'd love to know the paychecks that each wrestler got like a mid-card wrestler or the mid-card match like a couple of grand no I think they did quite well out of this I mean mean, mean, some of the figures are quite big I mean Andre was was getting things later on you get things especially like when WCW comes along in the mid-90s they've got Ted Turner's money some of the wrestlers are cut in on a basis of the pay-per-view sales so Hulk Hogan begins getting sort of pretty much 50% of the the pay-per-view that's huge but even here they begin getting proper big bonuses and they are considerable they are considerable Mm. Uh, the wrestlers in attendance were Kevin Nash who later became Mm. Diesel and then part of the NWO in the mid-90s and Rob Van Dam Mm. he was there as well so you're beginning to see the next generation thinking this is special in a way that the wrestlers who are doing at the moment don't
2: yeah uh, but also I guess Uh, like shows of that sort of magnitude kind of happen a bit more often maybe is that fair Uh, absolutely I mean I know this is a big sort of break up performance but like imagine being in the crowd and seeing that for the first time like when there wasn't a show
1: of that size before you'd be like what's going on here it's also worth remembering I mean there really isn't anything like it mm. this is this is a sort of if you come from Michigan the chances are you know you don't go and see Dancing on Ice at Christmas mm. you don't go and see anything that's gets spectacle you go and see this and you're seeing people who you know if you were young it's like State Fairs you've you watched them in now, cartoons yeah. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling you know Junkyard Dog and you know Hogan they are larger than life superheroes mm. and they're all in one place mm. where you live and you're seeing this incredible spectacle I mean it's a funny thing I've often thought those 100,000 people there must be people there who that's the only wrestling they've ever seen in their life and they must think Good God, that was spectacular. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, they've probably gone back, you know, in 88 and looked at it and thought, well, this isn't as good as I remember.
2: Well, right. I mean, well, I mean, um, it does kick off with... Um, I'm obsessed with uh, being a bit of a, a, a motion graphics kind of uh, aficionado. Mm. Another uh, wonderful daytime telly 3D graphic where the words just hang around for too long yep. and they look really rigid and kind of could snap a bit off. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic.
1: <laughs> they've um, the, the catchphrase they've gone for this time, the tagline, is... Uh, Bigger, better, badder. Yeah. Oh. She used the word worse. Oh, absolutely. My spell check every time I typed it, it would put a red line under bigger, it. Bigger, better, badder. Oh, it's so awful. It's, it be- also... it's better than last one, which was "what the world has come to." I know, I know. But ironically, <laughs> this is now what the world has come to. They should have reused that. But bigger, better, badder is is so awful. It's also that that it's probably like an early adopter of that whole thing of going. This is bad.
2: When yeah. You mean, yeah. I guess this so, is yeah. good.
1: That didn't work. <laughs> that's that, That's really awful in retrospect. The
2: idea of having a badass back then yeah. would probably suggest some kind of problem
1: well, yeah, I, uh, in the uh, tracks. Andre had a medical bad ass. <laughs> 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 it's, it's basically powder in there, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Rusimov. Is <laughs> that his name, Mr. Rusimov? Uh, his name was uh, Andre Rusimov. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's a great story about Andre, just while I think of it. There's a great story about him and Samuel Beckett, the playwright.
2: Yes, because he used to drive him around, didn't he? He,
1: they, he? Andre grew up in a small village where Samuel Beckett had moved to France, and he used to drive Andre to school in his van. Andre, by that point, was already quite large. He was <laughs> got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he he used to hang around with Samuel Beckett. Very There's strange. a really sort of weird five degrees of separation The very Mm. fact that, you know, uh, uh, you know.
2: (laughs) Or the fact that we even know that. I'd like to think that there's connections like that that have happened all the time, but
1: nobody's just, nobody's twigged. Nobody's sort of. You think like Hulk Hogan, he was so famous. He's met everyone. (laughs) He's met everyone. And there'd be some people who had like met him by chance that would be really strange, (laughs) like Harold Pinter. But like, I think when you see wrestling,
2: uh, wrestlers in real life, and, you know, Divitus is a really good example, he's not, uh, you know, he's a big wrestler, but he's. If you just saw a man of that heft walking down the street, you'd be like, that would stick with you. Yeah. Do you remember when we used to work at a radio station and um, the uh, I think it was the UK's tallest man uh-huh. came in uh-huh. and he's you know it's a tall it's a fairly tall building but like mm. you know he had to sort of he was a looming presence and it's like just strange just just that the, that that physical state that you've got yourself into I thanks to your well, glands. I would say
1: up. I would say about six or seven times a year mm. someone will come over to me mm. and they'll go, "Hey, big lad." What's or they'll go? All right, fatty. What's happening? Weird sort of stuff. It might, you know. You imagine, much, imagine <laughs> it. <laughs> imagine if you're the world's tallest man. Yeah. Just people coming over and go. You're you're tall, aren't you? But if
2: you. But if you. T- I have a real problem with. Um, we're doing a podcast with um, Rick Edwards. We both mm. know Rick Edwards a little bit. And uh, world's he's, tallest man. He's a, he's a t- <laughs> <laughs> he's a tall man, he's a good-looking man. But, like, good-looking and tall people don't want to be reminded constantly that they're tall. I, no. I,
1: or, or good-looking, presumably. I, I mean, would like you know. to be reminded that I'm good-looking <laughs> all day but being long.
2: T- like, being tall is something you're reminded of constantly. Yeah, Andre like, the Giant the way- hated it.
1: Yeah. He hates it. I mean, it. to be fair, yeah. Andre, yeah,
2: <laughs> wind your neck wind your fucking he, weird, weird confused neck in.
1: <laughs> he used to hate it at airports, right. that people would stare at him. He didn't like that. Oh. Um, but, you know, then again, you're making a good living out of it, mate. <laughs> you know? Don't cry, (laughs) you know. If if
2: if you didn't have, if you found a body that big in a a tar pit, you'd be like, "What's gone on here? What's gone on here?"
1: Imagine finding Andre's body in (laughs) some woods. I think you'd, I I think you'd sort of go rather than just go. I must call the police. I think you'd go. This might be valuable. (laughs) (laughs) This is weird. This is so big. Avatar shit. Kids, kids, <laughs> get him in the get, get out, him in the van, get out of the car. <laughs> Give me a hand.
2: <laughs> uh, get the
1: tart from the boot. Look, there's ambergris everywhere.
2: I <laughs> <That's Andre. laughs> bet Andre made ambergris <laughs> with the lovely perfume you can make out of Andre's let's, let's
1: guts. Cut, cut his belly open. Yeah. Let's see what's inside. Well, this is respectful, isn't
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the final WrestleMania, oh, isn't it? <laughs> and
1: this will be the one that his family would choose to listen <laughs> to. They'd be like, "Oh, that was his <laughs> big." His, uh, you know, again, again, it's worth saying. It's Andre is probably my favorite wrestler of all time with this one it just made
2: me sad and mm. i think his last one he looked so happy coming out of the th- and we'll get i go on yeah but, i mean this time round it made me a bit sad uh, yeah i mean i mean this is this is very much
1: the 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 period of andre's career that is nothing but but sad it's sad mm. it's sad for him it's sad that the business wasn't a state where they could say, "Let's transition him into something he can do," yeah, uh, and and you know be brilliant at that doesn't involve destroying his body, yeah, and that's what's sad about it. Mm. It's watching someone who was once great look bad, and mm. he looks bad from now until his death. Yes. Ah, sad man. How,
2: when does he die? Like after uh,
1: he dies about ninety two. Okay, so uh, he 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 returned home to France for his father's funeral, mm. um, and he died uh, in France. I think by that point he was fairly clear that he didn't have long to live. He was getting progressively worse and worse and worse. He'd had a lot of medical opinion saying, you you know, we're surprised you're alive now. So it was one of those things that I think had been hanging over him for about a year. It's nice that he died at home because, you know, that obviously made it... Didn't have to ship him back. <laughs> ship him back. S- saved eight grand. <laughs> Mark, oh, Poor Andre.
2: Uh, but it is. It, yeah, it, uh, you know, saying a, a man who's just not for this world, really. No. You know, it, 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 I think the wrestling thing they call him too too big for this world.
1: Yeah, they call him the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah, which I mean,
2: is, he is insanely big. He is. He is. And
1: you know, when it, when I he, wish was... he was the Craig Harley, I don't like him. <laughs> 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 I think he's rubbish. <laughs> you see, I've been I've been being nasty about Andre. <laughs> (laughs) But Andre is dead, and he can't hurt me anymore. (laughs) Carly will get you one day. He'll get He'll miss me. He'll miss. He'll (laughs) He'll he'll run into a wall. He'll try not to get you, and he will get you. Uh, Then who's laughing? Not Carly. That's beyond his acting ability.
0: (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? That's stamps.com. Code program. <laughs> um, Aretha Franklin. <laughs> oh,
2: absolutely. absolutely. I mean, what? I mean, she did uh, like a Hall of Fame kind of performance for, oh God, who was it for now a couple of years ago? Mm. And she's still got the most
1: beautiful voice. They were like, really oh. lucky to choose her for mm. this event because it's good because it starts off and you actually go, Aretha Franklin, this mm. seems like really beneath her. And she does an astonishing performance. She missed her sound check. There was so much traffic around the the, uh, Silverdome that she couldn't get in on time. So she basically just turns up and she doesn't know what it's going to sound like, and she starts doing American Beautiful. Mm. They were really lucky to get someone of that calibre, because it sets the whole thing mm. on a really classy sort of footing. She's great.
2: It was two years after she said she wanted to release an album with a younger sound, uh, and guess what the title of the album was? <laughs> Who's Zooming Who? <laughs> Who's Zooming Who? Who's Zooming
1: Who? I bet that's what they originally wanted her to perform.
2: <laughs> it was... <laughs> Who's Zooming her?
1: Who? She wanted a younger son on her 33rd studio album. Good Lord. 33rd. I saw a photograph of her uh, about three days ago just mm. when she was doing a live performance. Mm. So uh, this episode is dedicated to the memory of Aretha Franklin. <laughs> very cheap shot, very Come on cheap now. shot. No, she, she's astonishing in this. She's really, really good. Mm. Um, they have another one of those montages of America. Yeah, we talked about this last time. It's like, yeah. kind of
2: like Getty image, kind of stock footage of yeah. different things that is really inspiring. And, and there's
1: a couple of there that are wrong. There's a shot of just an old man in socks waving right, the camera away. On his
2: porch, <laughs> in his pants. Essentially going, <laughs> get away. Get away, from, get away
1: from, from me. On his street- uh, there's a woman on a pole fixing the
2: phone lines, a yep. topless man on a skyscraper tripping over something, <laughs> really unceremoniously and dangerously, uh, some wonky holi- helicopter flyby footage of an old state building, mm. and a child sucking on a flag, <laughs> which I quite liked, So Don't forget the traffic jam! And Hulk, and Hulk of and course. Then Hulk, and then of Hulk,
1: of course, the most American thing. It's quite funny when you hear Aretha Franklin do the national anthem. <laughs> America, it, it, like, here, we've got God Save the Queen, mm. and you, there's one way of doing that. <laughs> right? Depressingly. In America you you can do whatever you want with oh, that yeah, answer <laughs> you you really can so long as you're not salt and pepper uh cuz right. they do it at WrestleMania one year they they get booed the fuck out of the what building what did they do they made it they tried to jazz it up right a okay. bit too much right uh, and i think it might have been in one of the southern states
2: yeah okay yeah right. it, it, we do say that one was Yeah. they were never going to be you know they were <laughs> mental when kid rock did it i mean oh yeah weird that not it oh. yeah I can't, I can't i can't figure that one out to me. no honest. strange um, 80s fashion definitely um, hitting its stride because you know like in the 80s you think Mm. about we talk, think about the fashions and the crazy colours and the crazy kind of uh, new kind of plastic um, fabrics and stuff but like it always takes until about five like eighty five, eighty six yeah. before a fashion truly takes over. Because yeah. you've still got, you know, the 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 my mustaches of like the 70s. Because yeah. you, you know, I remember my dad walking around in the eighties with very seventies fashion. He yeah. he
1: had some flared jeans and stuff and like it's that. It's like the nineties don't get started till about ninety four.
2: Exactly. So in this case, I mean it's very much hit his stride, uh uh Jesse the Body uh, Ventura wearing two different animals, a snake <laughs> a snake and some kind of uh, leather.
1: Yeah. I, I I I have I actually written down he's dressed as three Different snakes. Which is he, again, I, where does he where where does he even
2: get these things from? Um, and like they're not normal sized people, no. so it would
1: have been custom made. Yeah. He went, I want that, I want that, oh, I want that. Do you want it in in the denim or do you want it in? I want it in marmoset And they go, yeah, can do, can do, no problem, no problem. So strange. Uh, Bob Uka, or his name is Mister
2: Baseball, Mister Baseball. So he uh, was in the Bob Hope Show or He was on um, he he made his name uh, being a fairly run-of-the-mill baseball yeah. player. But then I think... Matty Letterman, actually. Uh-huh. Letterman used to call him Mr. Baseball. gotcha, And that's how he got that reputation of being a bit of like a, a comedy character. Oh, that's the that... Robbie Savage of, yeah. uh, of baseball,
1: oh, you'd probably say. I, I quite like that sort of thing where someone is a joke. I didn't realise that. Mm. There's a line he says really early on where he says... Um, I'm back in the World Series again. Didn't play in the first one. <laughs> and I was listening to that and I was trying to unpick it. <laughs> what, what,
2: was he or wasn't he? Or but Yeah, apparently he's a very run-of-the-mill baseball player. Oh, like he wasn't was very
1: good. I, I <laughs> really he like him. It. Yeah. He's, he, is, he is showbiz. Yeah, he's great, isn't good he? Good turn. He, he actually he gets some zingers off as it goes <laughs> yeah. on. There is something where I do warm to any celebrity who's on uh, in the wrestling who doesn't like downplay... Who who just you know looks at ease and, and calm yeah. and has fun with it
2: oh just you know like Cindy Lauper is a very good example compared yeah. to what we got later on with Alice Cooper I think, to say yes. instead like people who think who come on and th- clearly think they're beneath it I I find that yeah. very distasteful take the money I, I remember watching a Mastercard advert <laughs> with um who's the fellow who did uh, Valerie that um, cover with Amy Winehouse uh, Mark Ronson um, Mark Ronson and so half the time when you see like kind of uh, celeb where celebrities have been you know with a load of money mm. to do an advert. They think they're cooler than it, and they think they're better than it. He does a bang-up job of presenting a, 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 like a long-form YouTube advert uh-huh. for MasterCard. He hits all of the notes, he does the reads, he gets the sponsor messages in.
1: He is flipping brilliant. Uh-huh. And
2: I think that's so... Take the money and do it
1: properly. Absolutely. Don't think you're better than it. When we used to work at a radio <laughs> station, we'd often have bands in, and they'd have that slight mm. thing of going, Ugh, here we are to do a session. You know, how embarrassing Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You
1: know, it, 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 it just enjoy it Bob Muka <laughs> does this really well because you get the impression he's overjoyed to be there he makes things better when he's in them yeah. and he's not sort of going oh you know well my agent said this would be you know something to do oh I'm g- gonna fire them <laughs> anyone who does that you know you just look like the tit yeah. you look like the greedy tit yeah Bob Euca is not a greedy teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that very clear. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, gor- gorilla is in an amazing suit.
2: Gorilla is an amazing suit. He struggles to remember Mary Hart's name or profession. Yep, and. Uh,
1: yeah, wonderful. He, they don't get on. No, clearly, clearly, yeah. you get a bit, a bit later talking about you know being sort of like slightly beneath you. She's trying really hard and she's mm. trying to fit in, but she's sort of going, "I'll appeal to the people who have never seen this before, and it's all a bit wacky, and I'll say some things." But the problem is, you're saying this to people whose livelihood it is. Yeah, and so, has been for the past like forty years. Yeah, <laughs> and she sort of stands next to a Gorilla Monsoon, and she goes, "Whoa, it's a bit weird calling a grown man gorilla." And he looks at her, and he just sort of shoots her a look that just looks like he's about to go, (laughs) play the fucking game, love. (laughs)
2: Oh dear! It's like seeing like an old like kind of dinosaur, like I don't know, Richard Keys, or uh, mm. you know, one of those kind of like, football commentators who mm. uh, have to deal with like a a, a woman, <laughs> just, a woman <laughs> just a woman, doing the same job as him, and he gets a bit like,
1: oh, yeah, oh, oh, not what how I deal with? this. Jeez, oh, I've, I've got to squash <laughs> this in some way. No, uh, mustn't. That's <laughs> that's what I must do. I must sit here and take this. Um, we we crack on. The first match is the Canam Connection. Yes, Rick Martell and Tom Zenk. Mm. versus uh Ace Cowboy Bob Orton two nicknames and Magnificent <laughs> Morocco with Mr. Fuji. That's right. Yeah, Mr.
2: Fuji's back. Yes,
1: that's he right. He is. He is. Still doesn't know where the cameras are. No. <laughs> just... There's after we talked about him last time, I actually <laughs> when he t- he popped up, mm. he really looked racist. <laughs> what, what do you mean like as Well, in? he was just looking at the thing and I just sort of thought oh, this is a really weird thing to sort of go, he is an evil bloke. He does nothing in this at yeah. all. There's a bit where Gorilla Monsoon says, "Ah, oh, he's telling them, you know, what to do and how to get this match. And he's just sitting there with his mouth <laughs> shut, not doing a thing. And it's a really weird thing We just go, we'll bring in this guy who is different to most of you yeah. and you can just boo him. <laughs> and I looked at it and I thought, oh, I feel really bad for Fuji there. Yeah, well. No, I really no, do. No, no. Um, Can-Am connection. Two good wrestlers. Rick Martel, mm. who was uh, in the 80s, was, was tremendous top of his game, mm. uh, former AWA world champion, with Tom Zenk, who was a, a young American guy. Tom Zenk's a really interesting character. He was a good wrestler, but at the time he was quite small. Right. So they didn't really sort of push him. And he's one of the few wrestlers who is in uh, a dictionary, which is strange. Right, okay, why is that? There's Partridge's uh, slang, which is the standard work on slang terms, mm. and the termed to job out... Which would be to uh, take a fall for yeah. yeah in a match for it, yeah. it, it says um, uh, it's actually the citation to describe what that is it uses a quote and the quote is perhaps the sub will be Tom Zenk who they seem to be jobbing out <laughs> right, so okay. Tom Zenk weirdly is one of the few wrestlers who is in <laughs> a a really important you know, dictionary, lexicon yeah, 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 dictionary yeah. Um, he was a good wrestler he never really quite found Clicked, his yeah. way he was he was um, he actually left the WWF very shortly after this, he had a big dispute about his pay. Mm. He felt he wasn't being paid as much as his partner Mm. and stuff. So, you know, one of those principled guys, and if there's one thing that wrestling promoters hate, it's principled (laughs) guys. They are going to be trouble.
2: (laughs) So Can-Am being uh, Canada and America together at last? Yes, yeah. uh, uh, uh,
1: Gorilla Monsoon gets that wrong, of course. At one point, he calls them the (laughs) (laughs) Can-AM. Like a radio. They have never explained to him what it is. (laughs) And not only does he not know, he doesn't care. And years later... and they put that on the on the network, they don't go, oh, we could just dip that one little bit of... Because <laughs> that sounds silly. ...audio out. No, leave, no, leave it, in. it in. Leave, leave it, in. it in, like we leave in the 80-foot-tall advert for Marlborough cigarettes nice. at the back of the stadium. Fantastic. You see that a fair bit. I'm having, I'm having <laughs> that. Um, why are
2: hairy wrestlers always baddies? There's yeah. very few... There's very few hairy wrestlers that are, like... Well, you don't really see a lot of them anymore. But, no. like, you know, the hairy ones always seem to be bad boys. It's because they're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this guy's only got a
1: little bit of hair on his chest. I didn't understand it. I was like,
2: well, it's always the hairy ones. <laughs> they they are disgusting.
1: There is a funny thing about that, though, which is why aren't they more normal? I know it's mm. to do the body beautiful and everything, but yeah. but it's a bit fucking weird. <laughs> you know, what? what's wrong with just being normal, like yeah. a bloke is. <laughs> Let's have a hairy chest. Uh, well, why, do, why, do you, why stop there? Get rid of your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> no wrestlers have eyebrows. Uh, the Can-Am Connection as well, I mean, you know, very shaved and very sort of waxed mm. and everything. They've also both had their teeth really whitened. right? Okay. And they're wearing white trunks and the white teeth. And there's just <laughs> something about it that you just go, I can understand why people from the, the 70s who've been watching wrestling then would sort of go, this is all just Weird and homoerotic, right? Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, Because they like they Tom look like Finland, pretty boys. Kind of, yeah, 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 it's all a bit. It's all a bit sort of twinky, clean. <laughs> and, and, and what you're entering here really is the period where it's it's as sort of you know clean as it gets with that right, sort okay. of white bread mm. baby face. Yeah. Um, uh, Morocco and, and, and Ace Cowboy Bob Orton. Annoying having two nicknames. That's mm. crazy. They're, they're they're old hands. They're mm. pretty good, but this is beginning to be the end of their of their runs and now. Yeah. They're they're coming out. They're looking older, they're looking thicker. They can still really go. But this the writing's on the wall. Mm. The two guys they're facing are the future of the business because they're handsome and well well presented. The two guys who can really go who are old hands. Nah mm. You know, this is it. This is the last hurrah. Yeah, your bodies can't get as beautiful as that. You do not have <laughs> enough time to take the amount of steroids <laughs> needed to look like our beautiful homoerotic boys. Our beautiful boys. <laughs> oh. It's also the mullet era of wrestling. Yes, definitely. The, yeah. uh, everyone's beginning to get a and he, mullet.
2: And even the older uh, characters who don't really have the, the, it up top, Trying to they've
1: got skullets. It. They, they've oh, got proper no. skullets. Well, or I mean, Hogan. No. Hogan is the classic Hogan's a good <laughs> Classic yeah. textbook scullet. Stick him in a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> What's a scullet? Look at this. Look at this sweet bandana encrusted skull The
2: thing, the thing about uh, Hogan's hair, and and um, I forget which. Uh, there was another wrestler in this uh, that also has that kind of straw, kind of long hair. Yeah, it's a colour of yellow that you just don't
1: see anymore. It's no. he man yellow. It's like it's bizarre. It's really funny because I've never actually connected that, but it is like he man. A little bit he manish. Everyone yeah. begins to look like a sort of mm. a, a very. Variation of He-Man. And funnily enough, the AWA were one of the first companies to bring out. The uh, wrestling figures. They right. were rivals uh, based in m- sort of Minnesota right. uh, of the WWF. Later okay. bought up. Hogan came from the AWA to WWF. That okay. was the big change for them. But they had the first range of wrestling figures yes. and they were made pretty much with the identical Master of the Universe body.
2: Oh, is that right? Okay. And there's
1: a funny thing where you can sort of go, actually, are these guys changing their look to look like the toys of them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a strange thing because yeah. that's what people expect. The kids buy the things, they want to see their heroes, there they are. Well, if they don't look like the figures, you know, you're hairy, mm. you've got a pot belly, <laughs> you, you stink of marijuana, there's coke all over your face and the hands, then you know they're beginning to sort of go. Okay, let's look like the actual product that we're putting out. Yeah, I would not buy uh, an Adonis. Uh, no, model. do you know what? They've never made one. Really? Yeah. Uh. In, in real life, he was supposed to be an absolute slob. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he looked. Like, I mean,
2: yeah, he let he let things go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, all right, match, I guess. I, d- I don't really, you know... That's fine, uh, yeah, it's nothing, fine. isn't it? It's, it's an opener Just of nothing. sorts, isn't it? Um, uh, Heenan. Don't like him. Do you not like Heenan? I don't like Heenan. Um, oh. He, uh, he kept on calling uh, Billy Haynes, Billy Jerk Haynes.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah.
2: And he and he, he does the joke once, and yeah. it, and somebody talks over him, and then
1: he does it again. Later really? on, <laughs> every wrestler used to refer to Hercules... As Jercules. (laughs) See, that works. That's better. That's better. Yeah. He murdered that jaw. That really annoyed me. This is match two. Billy Jack Haynes uh, versus Hercules. (laughs) There's a nice bit where they do a little recap and they go, why are these guys fighting? See, now that, what, what
2: I liked and mm. the pre-recorded nature of the VTS made them a million times better because they, they could just get they could just do it properly. Yeah, I have no idea why they went live. No, there was such a thing as VTS back a year before. Yeah,
1: ridiculous. And they, and they do it, and you sort of go, "God, this really it's works." So because faster. because you aren't relying on someone who's off their nut <laughs> on performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs remembering three lines. You know, can you imagine? I mean, they must have had hours of bloopers oh could you yeah trying to to get Billy Jack Haynes to do like three lines oh my (laughs) lord 30 hours of tape um But, but these two look like proper. Uh, again, they,
2: they, these had um, the physical um, yeah. attributes. Yeah, you know, I, I actually.
1: There's a funny thing. I mean, I, I, I've seen this over the years a load of times, WrestleMania 3. Mm. And and funny enough, I actually, I'd forgotten how good Billy Jack Haynes is. He's really, yeah. he, he's a guy who who never really made it on the national level. Right. He was always a sort of regional star, and they'd bring him in, but he never really sort of did anything hugely of note. Uh, apart from in later life, where he began doing these shoot interviews where he made numerous accusations against people. He was, he, you know, a uh, sort of, you know, a man who never quite made it and he, he didn't seem to be at peace with his role in, the, in mm. the business but you see him in this and he's actually really good mm. I was really surprised I've always been a bit attached to him because we've got the same surname <laughs> right? and he's the only wrestler who's got the same surname as me mm. um, the other thing jerk <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mark Hercules. <laughs> that is a good name um, weirdly my uncle was a, a big judo teacher right and I remember saying to him once, "Does <laughs> he teach big judo?" <laughs> <laughs> it's much better than normal judo because it's just louder. In big suits. <laughs> and he, he basically, I, t- I said to him, "There's a wrestler <laughs> called Billy Jack Haynes," mm. and he said, "Oh, what's his finishing move?" And I said, "It's the full Nelson." And he said to me, "Ah, oh, I can show you the only way to escape from the full Nelson. <laughs> right. Now, the full Nelson, you put your arms behind mm. the person's arms, and then your hands behind their head, and you, you catch them like that." So he put that on me, and he said, "Right now, all you do." is you just drop to the floor. Go limp, <laughs> arms above your head, drop to the floor, and you're out of it. Mm. About f- oof, four months later, I was at school, and I was in the playground, and a kid put a full Nelson on me, and he was. we were having a fight, and he put a full Nelson on me, and I thought to myself, fucking yes. I know the one way to get out of this. So I dropped down, and do you know what? It worked. I went straight out of it, and he was then able to stamp on my face. <laughs> Which a hurt gift. much more than the full Nelson. That's a gift. Oh man, that was really vicious. I was. Uh, um, it, he had um,
2: Billy Jack ends had uh, old school sort of Noel, Noel Edmonds hair, yeah. and I was like, I wonder if he went onto like the mad bleached kind of Noel Edmonds hair at some point. And He did. I
1: checked it out. Did he? He did. Yeah, he went. He went full <sighs> into Noel Edmonds. They always do. He um, he didn't really have a gimmick, which was mm. the problem. So he just has a hat. Yes, that's right, yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah. He's just, a hat is not a gimmick. A hat yeah, is a hat. That's that. You've been in the dress-up box. You've been in the dress-up <laughs> yeah. box. You've just, yeah. He's also got Oregon written on his boots, which is where he's from. Right. But, I, you know, in America, Oregon... I was trying to think... It'd be like having, like, Suffolk. Yeah. You know, I'm Worc- not going to get behind Worcester. someone with Suffolk on their boots. Worcester. Give me, give me someone from somewhere I've heard of, like Lincoln. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I liked... Um, um, I really liked um, Gorilla and Jesse. They They never... They're, they're never lost for words. No. They're, they're frequently funny, like inadvertently, but they're never lost for words. They're such precise uh, mic people. I, I really enjoyed uh, their work on this one. Yeah. He's on
1: Rubble Leg Street oh, for some reason. Th- there's something really funny that when I was a kid, I used to think that Gorilla Monsoon was terrible at the job. Right. And now I watch it and I go, geez, oh, you, you are the master of this (laughs) he did did a a long running sort of um, B show uh, called Primetime Wrestling with Bobby Heenan Mm. and the two of them together were so good Mm. they delighted in each other's company and they are so good to hear Gorilla Monsoon's one of those people who when people talk about great commentators mm. not even just you know outside wrestling but inside wrestling he never comes up and you watch this and he does something remarkable he's just so slick and at ease and he's always setting up and he's always reacting yep. there's another guy who is not a wrestler or a commentator who does a similar job here which will blow your mind but that doesn't come until the Steamboat and Savage match okay. and that's Dave Hebner the referee Right. but we'll talk about him in a bit Okay. so exciting well um, Bobby the Brain shouldn't have got involved no, the referee in terribleness. <laughs> no, I mean, I, mean, I mean, it, it, it's it's terrible. There's, there's also, I mean, the, the the worst part of it is at the end. It's a double count out. Mm. They don't want to hurt either of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. all rubbish. Um, Billy Haynes also does a uh, Billy Jack Haynes does a blade job, so he's bleeding yeah. at the end.
2: I, I I enjoyed there was at one point Billy Jack's spray tan. Um, hasn't caught oh. so there's like a little kind of like a, a sliver of white underneath yep. his right buttock
1: he also lifts up his arm at one point <laughs> and he's not done under there fantastic Hercules as well he's in a full is- <laughs> Hercules is just boiled pink he's like a lobster and there's a bit where he bounces off the rope and he's only on it for like a third of a second and there's just this white, yellow rope mark across his back. So just touching his skin, it's like a global hypercolor oh, t-shirt. Oh yes,
2: my dad's a bit like that. Oh, is like he? Pink, Like, like a this, boiled man. Like you imagine if if like if you cut him, like lots of blood would come out. Like, <laughs> like the blood's always underneath like the surface. A prawny yeah. dad.
1: Prawn. Dads. My prawn dad. Oh man. Um, the best bit about it is at the end. Hercules gets on the trolley. And for some reason, he finds it really hard to stay on, <laughs> and it just goes off at about three miles an hour. And he is literally one arm off; it, he's falling off. <laughs> well, absolutely her, pathetic. Well,
2: Hercules is on. Um, he's like uh, he's got
1: scrapes all over his body. I don't know how he's yeah. managed to scrape himself. So no, bad. It, it's that ho- it's global hypercolour thin <laughs> skin. It's it's so repulsive. <laughs> uh, that sort of thing where if you grabbed him, yeah. you see all of your fingerprints, yes. and they'd slowly yes. sort of come off him like a sort of alien. <laughs> when when you see like bad sci-fi and someone like Grab someone to stop and their hand just sinks into the flesh mm. and then they know it's an alien that's hercules, <laughs> that's, hercules. that's the story of hercules poor hercules oh, Never poor mind. revolting hercules um third match mm. i in some ways the main event <laughs> king kong bundy king kong bundy little tokyo and lord Littlebrook versus hillbilly jim yeah. little beaver and haiti kid I mean, Bundy looks even bigger this time, and I think we know why. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's poor old Bundy. You go from the main event in WrestleMania <laughs> 2, and then, then they're going, do you know what, Chris, thanks so much for all your hard work. Yeah. This year, you're going to be doing Hillbilly Gym and load of midgets. Yeah. I oh, mean, what I would say mate. is that, I mean,
2: uh, I mean, you're, you're using the word
1: midgets in the wrestling
2: parlance rather than yeah. the actual, you know, the... the this is a midget match but they are dwarves so it's kind of like so so but I still bristle at the (laughs) use of the word midgets in the show it's like they use it a lot and I'm like they do I think
1: that's the 80s terminology nowadays they tend to use it's an Americanism is little people people, and I'm not even that comfortable with that I I think think that's worse in a way that seems to be diminutive but then you know know, it's not up to us hey look I mean wrestling (laughs) is not the is not the guardian Right. So, yeah, wrestling is not the most progressive of, uh, no. of disciplines. Let's say, but we uh, say that. But then again, people will be listening and going, "How disgusting that they have a midget match." When was the last time you gave four midgets <laughs> paid work? Because <laughs> these guys worked for a long, long time, yeah. and. I tell you what, the crowd—they don't look at it going, "Oh, what a hilarious spectacle." They like the midgets. Yeah. The biggest pop in this match is where Little Beaver Stop saying midgets, <laughs> crying out loud. Uh, I've watched I've watched WrestleMania three, and I watched this <laughs> match about four times because I thought it was so funny. Um, the biggest pop in the match is when Little Beaver—he mm. jumps up with a moccasin yes, and he slaps right, yeah. Bundy across the face, and the crowd give it the biggest reception because they are so delighted mm. to see a guy with that much heart and that much sort of moxie Mm. go for King Kong Bundy. I absolutely love it. Commentary is less keen on it. Yeah. Um, Jesse Ventura cannot hide his hatred of of, of, of dwarves working, it seems. No. They say, well, what's the worst that can happen to these guys, Jesse? And he goes, oh, catastrophe a <laughs> Lo- lot of damage um, and and that 's what we get uh, the you know the the, the dwarves uh, uh, taking part in this, they also have a long, long wrestling history, history yeah, yeah, yeah so it, it really comes out of wrestling in the carnivals mm. that you would have these sort of things, and traditionally, these sorts of matches were comedy breaks, mm. but the guys doing them are pros yeah. they, they aren 't relying on any cheap heat they would uh, the, the hardest thing in the world, if you can imagine. Is being in a stadium of a hundred thousand people, mm. and you've got to use your body with someone else to make it funny, not mm. not not to make it look good, mm. but to also make it look funny. Mm. That is a dead art, mm. that, and, and you see it really well here. Really, the last hurrah of it. You get some other performers who are of limited stature, it, 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 you know, coming up. What you don't get is that part where they're just part of the main card yeah, rather than okay. a special attraction. Right. So it's it's really the sort of the end of an era here. Well, what,
2: what I did say. Uh, frequently with wrestling um, you'll have um, people who um, say they're from one place but they're clearly not yeah um I I don't I don't think I'd ever seen a, a Japanese bloke with dwarfism before, you know. No, I, I, you just don't you just don't see no. that many people. And uh, Haiti kid was actually from Haiti. I thought, yeah. oh, cool, fine. At least they're from the place they say they're from. And then Little Beaver, <laughs> yeah. A Native American gimmick. Yes, uh, he he possibly might have been around in seventy seventy six. When Americans
1: arrived. Well, uh, Americans he's fifty two here. Yeah, it is he's, his he, last match. Goodness, um, that he ever had. I mean, I mean, why not go out on put a put high? Some, put some shoes on him, at least. Yeah, that's all I'm asking. I had a look at this because Dirty at one pants. point bob yuker says there's a lot of beaver all over this place oh and i was like well that's very on the nose isn't it that's very on the nose and nobody sort of references it obviously you're not going to go oh, that's hilarious you know but they're quiet about it but i had a look and the first reference to the word beaver being rude is <laughs> <random> 1927 <laughs> right okay there's a limerick from 1927 uh it's english uh, it doesn't quite rhyme, but it goes There was a young lady named Eva who went to the ball as Gadiva, but a change in the lights showed a tear in her tights and a low fellow present yelled Beaver. <laughs> so when he called himself Little Beaver, I think he kind of knew both connotations. Ah. And that part of it is also sort of like we're funny. Mm. So there's a joke for the dads. (laughs) We come out, we do our match, and the dads are going, that is hilarious. That guy is called Little Beaver. You know, it's all part of it. None of the Native American dads. (laughs) Let's be that clear. No, no, I don't think Native American people really went to see the big matches either. No. Because apart from anything else, they... Their guys always lost, right? Because they were, so, and they'd always have a bloody you know... tomahawk or something, tomahawk yeah. gimmick, you know. And they'd always be doing a war cry and whoop, whoop, whoop. It was always, you know, hey, it's wrestling. Je- Jesse, That's Ven- the
2: way it Jesse Ventura's uh, comment about Little Beaver being put in a bag. Uh, well, oh
1: Jesus! He says <laughs> they say it, Gorilla says, oh Out of
2: nowhere. I, I mean, I, I will go back on what I said earlier on that they're brilliant.
1: <laughs> Gorilla Ventura says, and Gorilla, what's going to happen to him? And Jesse just goes. Throw him in a garbage bag and stick him in a dumpster.
2: <laughs> what? Where did that come from? <laughs> it's like he's, he's thought of the image. Yeah. He's enjoyed the image,
1: put, the idea of a man putting a dead put his d- body, man of limited stature put into Put his a bag, body into a, ca- into a bin bag and then with that bin bag throw it in a dumpster. That's that's his resting place. That's his <laughs> resting place. Uh, actually, it's not his resting place because uh, when Little Beaver died, he was cremated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bob bag. <laughs> Just yeah. one of those dog poo bags. Yeah, little, little small bin <laughs> bags. Little, little macky d's. Uh, Bob Uka shouts at one point, um... Marinated mushrooms is what it'll be yes. when Bundy attacks him.
2: That's right. He says, uh, what what you gonna do like after this? And, and Marinated, goes,
1: Marinated mushrooms. Marinated mushrooms. Man, i oh, I've man. never
2: seen anything like
1: I that. can't imagine what that would look. But then I thought about it and I thought, oh, it just looked horrible. It looks squashed. Squashed like in bits. and bit and like anemic, but be- also. Because brown. it is worth saying what happens is the, the uh the dwarves. Uh, uh, begin attacking, well, Little Beaver mm. begins attacking King Kong Bundy, hits him with a drop kick. hits him with a slipper and Bundy tries to get him and then he does get him, he slams mm. him down and then Bundy puts his arm up and the other guys all race in to say stop, don't do this and mm. that was the finish of the match. Yes, that's right. There was a miscommunication nobody raced in so Bundy <laughs> had his elbow up and he thought I can't just stand here. So he drops the elbow on Little Beaver. And I don't know if it was meant, but that is the hardest elbow drop I've ever seen. Now, Little Beaver is, even when the music is playing he's still lying prone and his legs are going right a 50 odd year old man yeah he's really and what you'd expect at the end <laughs> is all of the guys would pick him up and they'd parade round the ring yeah they all do that apart from little beaver <laughs> who is just laid on the floor King Kong Bundy, many years later, said, I've thought about this, he said, and I just hope it didn't contribute to his death. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, thankfully, <laughs> Little Beaver died of emphysema. So, oh yes, yes he did, yes. Uh, unless did. King Kong Bundy had a pack of fags <laughs> in his elbow. I think he's cleared of that one. Um, and he was um committed. He was cremated Fitting. yeah. Yeah, it's, one it's last what he one, would have wanted. One last pile of ash. Absolutely. Um uh, you, as uh, as a result, I mean, you know, I mean, gosh. It made it for me that match. I like mm. those bits where you go, again, as a wrestling fan, what it's all about is going, is this real or isn't this? Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that bit, I look at it and I go, I think that might have been real. <laughs> 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 That's it for part one of Wrestlemania 3. And next week we'll be discussing the biggest wrestling match of all time. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Oh, we love Andre. You've actually used the same toilet as him. This is
2: WrestleMe.